Welcome to Asking for a Friend. Each week we discuss and answer questions about culture, the Bible, and everything in between, all with the hope of learning to glorify and pursue God more each day. Enjoy this week's episode. Good afternoon. Hey, Taylor. What's up? Oh, you know, sitting here in the podcast studio. In the hot seat. Fun facts. I made that joke up. We made a... (laughs) A studio. Again. <laughs> we have had like five studios. In an unair conditioned closet. Yeah. It's perfect. On our last episode, we're officially in the permanent studio, but uh, I guess that just means we have to make more episodes. Or make it nicer. Yeah. Both. 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 All yeah. of the above. Um, my intro question is, what did you do last week? Because we both had interesting weeks, so we okay. have to... Well, I'm interested now about yours. Well, you first. Okay. I went camping in Colorado... For my older brother Aaron's 40th birthday. And how was that? It was great. One to ten. Just in like comparisons of camping? I don't know. Just how was the week? One I'll to ten. I'll give it a 9.5. Dang. It was good. Like there wasn't like, oh, I wish this had been different. I mean, it was a little, first night it was a little cold. It still was getting down in the 30s, so. Was it really? Yeah, I mean, we were like at 9,000 feet elevation, so. Oh my gosh. Far. That sounds awesome. It was good, yeah. There was a lot of strenuous hiking, and but no, good time with both of my brothers and our really good friend Mike, who's sort of like a brother, just not biological. Mm. Um, but yeah, grilled some food, hiked in, camped, hung out, those things. Cool. Yeah. What did you do last week? Uh, I passed the NCLEX. What? So that's For our listeners who don't know what that is. Oh. Nursing certification exam. So I'm officially registered nurse, so you have to refer to me as RN. RN, Taylor Page Tomlinson. Yeah, RN Taylor. Taylor RN. BSN RN. Yes. I'm going to earn more letters. Are you going to call me master or? Nah. What are the letters for that? Uh, Mine was an MTS, which if our listeners have gone through seminary know that's like the really short degree. It's not a, a master's of divinity. It's a master's of theological studies. Which is not a THM, which is a harder degree. Yeah. Jared MTS. Mm-hmm. There we go. Look at you. That's a very hard test. Eh. Did, was it stressful taking it? Um, no. I think I I was being, I was anxious for the girls around me that were stressed taking it. I was like, y'all do not need to be at this stress level. Like, at this point, you either know it or you don't. Get in there, take your test, go home. So did you get, like, how many questions did it cut off? Does it, The minimum, that, 85. Okay. Yeah, which that's the weird thing about the test that can mess with your mind. Yes. You have to get so many right. So if it ends early, it means you did good. But if it keeps going, that means means you haven't answered enough right questions. And I know that has stressed some people out. Yes. And this is the first year or the first time they're using this new test. So it's feeding people all the way to 145 questions, even if you would have passed at 85. Because it's a it's a mess up in the system, so oh. lots of, that's happening to a few people. people They're like, stressing and... or they just think they passed and they really didn't. But no, it's yeah. I at eighty five questions, if it cuts you off, that means you failed to the point where you could get all the rest right, and it, mm. you wouldn't get the minimum passing score, or it means that you reached the minimum Nailed threshold, yeah. which passing is like a forty five percent out of a hundred. Okay, so it's really it. It doesn't need to Like, that's how many people pass, or that's how many questions you have to get that, right? You need to get 45% oh, okay. of the questions right. Like, and then these are the people that are keeping us alive in the hospital. Yeah, maybe I should. I mean, that, like, it's around a 40 or a 50. It's between there. It changes <laughs> based on the people taking it, but. Well, now you are 100% a nurse. Yes, that's true. So, Congrats. Um, I'm ready to 
draw some blood and whatever else nurses do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know what nurses do. Good. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about today. Correct. Today we're talking about authority because I'm feeling a little rebellious. Interesting. That's the motivation. Yeah. No, I think it's just it's just one of those things that we haven't hit yet that like. I mean, we're on a controversial role, so I'm asking all the questions, doing all the things, and I have some questions about authority. There you go. Not because I'm a rebellious little person. I'm a rule follower by nature, but I do like to push the boundaries a little. Okay. Within. Yeah. See if those rules are stretchy at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like to, you know, got to okay. give some pushback. There you but go. should I be giving pushback? That's the question. Mm. So uh, just basically asking questions about... Well, this is one of those things, like the past few we've talked about, where people take it way too far to the okay. extremes. So um, that idea of, like, you know, like God has ultimate authority, which is not an untrue statement. I'm not disagreeing with mm-hmm. that. But it's like, so I don't have to follow the laws. I don't have to follow the Kind of the, the, the only God place. can judge me yes, vibe. Ju- yeah, just like, well, the Bible didn't say that I can't speed, so I'm going to just do it anyway. Have think, you met somebody who says that? Well, in my head, they exist. Okay. It's like the same ones that, like, pick it at events and things. Okay. I don't know. Maybe they feel that way. Keep going. But um, Ask the question. Or even just, like, I don't know, respecting authority. I think this could go a lot of different ways, whether it's, like, uh, like government authority mm-hmm. or even authority in your church on a pastoral level. I think yeah. there are lots of questions. So yeah, you're going to answer all of them because you're an MTS. Yeah. Every that's, single that's one. It. MTS, Master of Talking About Stuff. stuff. That's it. Um, so, yeah, I have my questions, but th- when I wrote them, they're a little, they're a little far out. Okay. That's just a, that's just a warning for our yeah. visitors. Just get, get Visit- Why did I say visitors? Listeners. Yeah. Maybe there's um, some newcomers yeah. in, the, in the, the podcast room. Our visitors. Um, so let's start there. We're starting okay. easy, starting light. Mm. If God has ultimate authority, why do I have to follow the law? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> In case anybody was questioning that if being a Christian means you're exempt from the law. What are those people? Like a renegade. Like you just do whatever you want except okay. for God. What God okay. says I'll do. Yeah. Well, that one's, I would say, if your goal is to live biblically, that one's pretty easy. Mm. So... Romans 13, Paul's instruction to the church, it says, be subject to every human authority, whether it be the emperor or governors. So, I mean, so there there has always been the, the Christian ideal, because um, it also says to follow the law of the land where you're living. So Christians are supposed to follow human laws. That's true. Hmm. Now, what you get into at some points is um, kind of the idea of being like a conscientious objector. So we are supposed to follow the governing laws of wherever we live unless they contradict God's law. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So some notable examples. So like the book of Daniel. So they're in Babylon. Mm -hmm. They're they're doing good things. They're helping that society and civilization flourish. Like they're helping that country that overthrew their own country. They're following the law. But then a law comes out that they have to worship a golden statue of the king. And that's the only thing they're allowed to worship. And that violates God's law. So they're not going to do it. They're not going to follow the law. So they object. So when you get into like trivial things like mm-hmm. um, speeding, like following traffic guidelines you think are dumb, like that's not violating God's law to submit to that authority. So yes, Christians should do it. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm thinking about when you just asked earlier, like, do you know someone that thinks that way? <laughs> and I really can't think of anyone that does. I it's have, just in my head mm. they might exist. Maybe yeah. not specifically with speeding or traffic laws, but just laws where it's like, I'm not doing that. I don't feel led to do that. I have known some people who kind of take that line on paying taxes. Okay, that's a good example. Yeah. Well, and so sometimes that can be mixed in with what they would say is their Christian views. Uh, and usually how I've heard these people frame it is like, well, the government is violating the Constitution when they do certain things. And so I submit to the Constitution, but I'm not going to do this law because I think this law violates the Constitution. So they kind of do it both from mm-hmm. like a a Christian faith standpoint, but also like a Americanism standpoint. Yeah. So I have known some people that like, yeah, like the government has no right to tell me what to do. And so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Which it's interesting you mentioned Americanism because I think – when the picture I have in my head of the person I haven't actually met, they are very, like, I don't know, like, patriotic, like, conservative, like, I do what I want, God tells me what to do, but they love America, so it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, in my, but I can't think of a specific example, I don't know why I have this picture in my head. Like, you don't actually know this person? No. Okay. <laughs> I know some of these people, and on, on some level, I would, I would agree with a lot of things they say, because, uh, you know, this is, this is not a... Like, it would kind of vary into point of view politically. Yeah. Like, I do think, like, our government institutes some things that are not in line with our founding principles. Yeah. So I can uh, empathize and agree, but I also think, like, if there's a law on the books, you should follow it. Yes, and I think that's where it gets into, because there are just some laws that people would be like, that's a dumb law, I'm not following it, or like, oh, I'm supposed to do this thing, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to. Yeah. So biblically how do we approach things like that things that you don't want to do or that you think are dumb and a really tangible example which i don't know if it was ever mandated in the united states i guess job you fall under the authority at your job right like mandating covid vaccines for Mm -hmm. healthcare workers Mm -hmm. um like how what if somebody because i think this is a common example like somebody is like I'm Christian and I love my job, love being a nurse, whatever, but I don't want to get the COVID vaccine Mm -hmm. and I refuse to do it. Yeah. So how would you speak into that? Um, Not that you have every single answer. So once, so I would say, so you're supposed to follow the law of the land you're a part of, Um, like part of being an American and like this society we live in, this country we live in, an aspect of what has been, our ruling authority is civil liberties like as a country that's what has been a mainstay and also like creating space for conscious conscientious objectors so i mean that's been a part of being an american for a long time and and so and i think part of part of that which kind of is to me kind of in a different vein is yeah like there's this recognition like hey i know this is the rule or the guideline i'm not comfortable with doing this like this isn't like yeah, I'd rather go 85, but it says 75. You know, it's kind of in a different vein. Yes. Um, and so it's like, okay, look, I'm not going to do it, and I'll take the consequences. And I think that's, honestly, I think that's fine. Um, you know, we have, a, and honestly, a long history of civil disobedience when the citizens of our country have thought the government's out of line. And then, you know, we have courts, and we have things like that. And a lot of, a lot of times those people are kind of vindicated. 
Um, and that's happened specifically in your example with the COVID vaccine. Now there's a lot of people who've like the courts have mandated like, hey, what your company did was unconstitutional, violated your civil liberties. You get all your back pay and you get reinstated. Like that's happened several times now. And it's it's an ongoing issue with the military because they like discharged a lot of people in the military who said, no, I'm not going to get that vaccine. And now later on, more information, more evidence, um, the courts getting involved has validated those people saying, no, I'm not going to follow this guideline. Um, so there is, I would say there's nuance to this mm-hmm. idea and some of it does. So some of it would have to take into account like, okay, where you live, what is the system and structure in place? What is the history? Um, because you can, you know, um, it doesn't have to be blind adherence. Right. Yeah. Um, submission to authority is a choice. And, but I think, you know, part of, part of the difficulty is, um, you know, some of the examples we have from the Bible, like it doesn't give the caveat necessarily like, okay, submit to the authority if the authority is not dumb, you know? Yes. So even like when Paul's writing, he's saying that when they are under the occupation of Rome, um, the example we have from Daniel is they were under an oppressive empire that was ungodly. Um, so it can't just always be like, well, I... I think this is dumb or I don't like it, so I'm not going to do it. It needs to be more um, more thoughtful than that if you are going to choose a moment like, hey, I just can't go along with this in good conscience if it violates your conscience. Um, then there is, I think there is space for that for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I think it, yeah. And the COVID vaccines, that wasn't, that wasn't. Well, a, that's, a, I mean, a relevant yeah. issue because yeah. a lot of people did face that even on, um, you know, I, I know conversations I had with people like it, like on the convenience factor, like, hey, there were more restrictions if you di- if you weren't vaccinated. So, no, I don't really want to or no, I don't really think that's in my best interest for my health to get it. But should I just to avoid the hassle? Yeah. And um, I think the blind adherence thing you mentioned, I think there are some Christians that would go that way, even though they're devout followers of God. But it's like, hey, like if the authorities say do this like that's what we're called to do we're called to submit to that authority so i guess yeah. the question i mean and you've already said it like i guess it's just up to our own convictions and things that cuz it's not all as silly or dumb as speeding like even yeah. a lot of the uh like we talked about last week like the pride month things going on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or um as the abortion laws are like turned and overturned yeah. and you know those things are juggling around it's yeah. It can be hard to submit to authority in certain areas, but some people would just not do anything yeah. for the purpose of keeping the peace. Yeah. So I would say, like, if you're more prone to be rebellious, you should try to evaluate it like, hey, if you can do this thing, you should. So, I mean, it is like, okay, man, my conscience is just really keeping me from going along in this direction. And I've prayed about it. I've thought about it. I just can't do this thing. But if so, if it's more like, eh, I think it's stupid or anything like if you can do it, do it. Yeah. You know, um, and then on the other side. Yeah. I mean, you should always uh, be thoughtful. Yeah. You shouldn't just go along with everything uh, because we have plenty. Definitely. Like if you think about the public sphere in the political climate, we have tons of historical examples of people who just went along with yes. things. And, you know, so, I mean, the very like overt over the top example is 1930s Germany. Yes. And so people just went along, went along, went along, and where it ended was the Holocaust. And so, no, you can't just blindly follow authority. And I wouldn't say that's biblical either. You yes. know, God gave us minds, and we should evaluate, you know, 
even in the spiritual sense, you know, the instruction is like test every spirit, you know, you got to test things to see if these are actually good and godly. Um, so on, on both sides of it, you should be thoughtful and, and careful if you're, if you're going along with things or if you're just like, no matter what, um, rebelling against things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's, that's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Cause some people are more prone to be like, whatever I do what I want. And some people are more prone to, so you just have to see where you're at on yeah. that. Yeah, maybe you need to investigate a little bit more. If like, hey, is this leading towards something that would be ungodly? Do I need to take a stand on something? Um, you know, actually research a, an issue before I just like, yeah, I'm cool with it. Um, or on the other side, it's like, yeah, hey, you can recognize, hey, I don't really like this. I don't think this is the best, but like, this isn't in that realm of like, my conscience forbids me from taking this step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I didn't send you any questions about this specifically but it makes me think of um i guess those people that are always so like argumentative whether it's like at school and you've got that student that's always back talking the teacher or you've got at work that coworker that's always giving your manager crap or you've got that person in your church and they're always giving the pastors crap things like that like wh- i don't know i'm i guess my question isn't like what if you're that person cuz you know, if that if you're that person, you probably know. But how do you deal with people like that that seem to have a really hard time submitting to other people's authority? Like, how do you encourage other people in that? Yeah, well, I think that's, um, you know, kind of goes more of a root issue. Like, and I think this would be good to say, like, authority is not bad. Right. Um, it gets misused. And, yeah, we could talk about that. I mean, it gets misused in the public space with, with governments. Um, it gets misused within the church, um, but authority in and of itself is not bad. Like God has given us authorities. And so I think that's why we have the commandments within scripture to submit to authorities. And that's what Paul says to Rome, like that government, like the role of government is to promote good and punish evil. So that's a good thing. It's good to have a structure that helps accomplish that. Um, it's good to have a system of laws. It is All those things are good. And I think they're, they're God given. Um, so authority in and of itself is not bad. And there are so many different types of authority. And so I would say uh, for the argumentative person, uh, like being argumentative is is not a godly attribute that we see in the Bible. Um, now, being argumentative and disagreeing, I would say, are two different things. Yes. Um, so you could disagree with people without picking a fight all the time, no matter what, and being that person. So even like Paul says to Timothy, um, he, he says to stay away from foolish and stupid arguments because they, they grow into quarrels. And it talks about that. Um, uh, the devi- the divisive person is talked about in the New Testament, like within the church. Like it says, um, warn them once and then have nothing to do with them. If like, if their goal, and you know that person, like it's not um, genuine questions <laughs> if they're trying to pick a fight. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the, the Bible speaks to that, that that's not a God, that's not a fruit of the spirit. That's not a ga- godly attribute is being quarrelsome. It's like kind of the old school yes. word or being divisive. And so like, um, and even you get that a lot, like in discussions in the political sphere, they talk about like, what is a good faith argument versus a bad faith argument. And so it's like, okay, I have legitimate questions um, and I want to discuss these things with somebody who sees things differently, that would be a good faith argument. Like, hey, you're on the other end of the spectrum politically. Can you help me understand why you are there and not where I am? Yeah. Versus like a bad faith argument would be like, I'm trying to trick you into tripping you up or 
um, I don't honestly think these things. I just want to make you look bad kind of thing. Mm. So, so that would be a difference like in, in, um, in some of those spheres, like the classroom, mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking more in like college versus yeah. younger, um, or, or in any other spaces, even within the church. Cause there's authority structures yes. in the church given to God. Um, it doesn't mean we can't have questions. Um, but it does mean we're supposed to handle those questions in a certain manner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I the distinction I hear you making is like there's a difference between genuinely questioning authority like from a place of wanting to understand and questioning authority just to question authority mm-hmm. and be a stinker. Yeah, which some people sometimes it's a personality trait and sometimes it's choice. Sometimes people by nature are kind of contrary. Like they hear something and their natural is like, "Well, maybe not." Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think if I know anyone like that. Oh, I do. We'll talk offline. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, I just... Well, and then I, I would say some of my experience within the church is that there are people like, <laughs> I mean, specifically within like the Sunday gathering, that they listen to a sermon waiting for that thing that they can disagree with. Yes. And so well, then, that's what I mean about and sometimes that it's just that like always gives people crap. Yeah. Um, you said crap on the Christian podcast. Oh, yeah. is crap a bad word? I don't know. It's, it's good. We're good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. And I, I would say the the Bible has some harsh words. Yeah. Like once again, like I, it could fall under that category of a divisive person. Like what's yeah, your, what's your goal for this? Mm-hmm. Um, is it, and so in, I know from the pastor side, because I've been a recipient of both. Mm-hmm. So there are some people like who come to me and be like, look, you said this thing this way, or you advocated this. And this is what it made me think. This is what I heard. Like, is this true? Like, I might have an issue with this. I might struggle with this. And so I would say that's like a good faith argument. Like, coming to me in a position of authority within the church, I'm like, hey, I'm not so sure about this decision the church made or about this statement that was made. Like, can you help either clarify it for me? So maybe I was misunderstanding or maybe I need to learn in this area. And there's a difference between, I always kind of lump it into, like, there's the email writers that don't actually want to hear back from you. They just want to tell you all the things they're critiquing about what you said. Yeah. Yeah, and so there is a difference. Mm. And, and to me, like, what it comes down to is, is a, either a posture of respect or not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, respect and authority go hand in hand. Absolutely. Um, which leads to my next question. How can I respect authority if either I really don't agree with what they stand for or, it you know, sometimes you just don't like people if I don't like the person that's in authority. So whether it's my manager at work my pastor, or you see this a lot, and that's what inspired us to talk about this, the president. Like, some people just hate him and don't like him, but it's like, how can I respect these positions of authority God has put in my life if I just don't care for them and yeah. I don't think they're, I think they're stupid. Yeah, you know, I think there's, like, the easy Sunday school answer of just do it anyways. Right. You know? um, but that's not how most of us will operate. Um, well, I've seen people, like, leave jobs because they hate their manager and it's not even like oh my manager disrespects me in this way or said this thing or isn't a good manager it's like i just don't like him and it's like well i don't know i'm like is that i don't know yeah well you know in some of those situations it's like well if you're okay with the consequences yeah i would say you know if like in let's say the work setting you know i mean and everybody's had a bad boss at some point i mean you, you there's kind of this contract you enter into with like okay there is a structure at this job and this person's higher up in the structure so it's part of my role to be a good employee Mm -hmm. um and depending on the workplace maybe you know they have you know 
feedback opportunities where you can be like, hey, here's why I think this would be better. And sometimes people are going to receive that and sometimes they're not. Um, but you, I, I think within the workspace, I mean, you definitely have the option, man. If, if you're just not willing to adhere to what your job wants, then maybe you should leave because you're the problem. <laughs> um, is that always the best? And maybe you should just toughen up and be a bit more resilient and um, stick it out. Yeah, that might be the, the solution too. Um, I don't think you should be disrespectful for, to a person. Like you shouldn't be rude to them just because you don't like them or you think you're smarter than they are. Like that's that gets into some other areas of just having godly character, even if somebody else doesn't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you should um, respect that authority, which can be hard. You know, I can think uh, the what's coming to mind is when my brother was in the military and the military is very much about authority and a hierarchy and structure. And he hated that aspect of having people over him who were either petty or incompetent and he had to do whatever they said. So he struggled with that authority structure because it was a lot of times just foolish like um and so yeah i think a lot of people are going to hit that moment um where either yeah either they think it's just a bad person who has a say in my life and livelihood or the person's incompetent like i could do their job better yes. than them so yeah you know sometimes it's leaving sometimes it's hey adversity is going to grow your own character stick it out i mean there's a lot of factors that would play into the job setting like okay how bad do you need a job like do you have something mm -hmm. else lined up like do you need to pay <laughs> bills just suck it up and deal with it like be responsible, have a job. Not every job's amazing. That's just part of life. Yeah. But it is difficult. Yeah, you know, and I think a lot of people struggle with that on the macro level of the country. You know, you get a commandment within scripture to pray for your leaders and those who are in authority. Um, so I think that's an, uh, a default Christian position. Um, if you want to be a good, godly Christian and a patriotic American, pray for the president. And that's regardless of who's in the office. Because even the ones who are terrible need prayer. Because hopefully you can pray that they are not terrible anymore, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a, a default Christian position is whoever's the president, pray for them. Um, the Bible commands it to pray for our, our people that are in positions of leadership. And that's, you know, all sorts of leadership. That's president, which is kind of our, in our system, our highest position, you know. But that's your mayor, your governor, you know, even down to the church level. Pray, pray for your pastor. Pray for your elders. Those are um, God-given positions uh, that when they go right— are going to lead to a lot of people flourishing. And so we should um, kind of cloak those in prayer so that God works within those positions for the good of all. Mm. Yeah. So within the church specifically, like how do you deal with that? Maybe not, well, this could go two ways. Like one, just not liking your pastor or maybe one of your elders and just being like, oh, I don't really like them, I don't click with them, but I know I need to respect them, and I do like this church. That's one end of yeah. it. But the other end is, like, what if my pastor is just, like, you know, like a like a jerk? Or just, yeah. like, oh, I don't think this person should be a pastor. I don't think this person should be in a position of authority. Yeah. But how would you – those are two separate things. How would you deal with those? Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've seen both happen. So one of the things I think every Christian has both the right and ability to do is there are biblical qualifications for who gets to be in leadership. So, I mean, Paul's very clear about it. So the pastoral epistles, first and second Timothy and uh, Titus, it goes through like deacons, elders, pastors, shepherds, overseers. They need to have these attributes. So I've literally been in that situation where I was having to evaluate like, hey, I'm seeing this person that has this position and I don't think they have the character, biblically speaking, to be in this position of authority. 
And so then you will have to, in good faith, seek the Lord on if, okay, do I need to remove myself from under their authority? Because right now they're my pastor. And so before God, you know, I have a duty to follow what my pastor teaches um, and they have a duty to pastor me. So if that's violating a biblical tenant, then maybe you should leave and go somewhere where you trust that the pastor has godly character. So that that happens. And uh, definitely in, in instances of authority, um, you know, it, once again, it's not hard pressed to find uh, cases or examples of spiritual abuse, you know, where, um, you know, there's been some very famous ones the past couple of years. So one that probably a lot of people will be familiar with is uh, Mark Driscoll at Marcel. So that, I mean, they did this whole, did you listen to that podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it kind of laid out a lot how he was using his position that if you ever disagreed with him or did something he didn't like, he kind of tried to destroy you and your community of faith, um, you know, would either ostracize you or, um, uh, yeah, in- increase your burden of being subjected to this guy's ego. Um, so that's absolutely a situation where it was authority gone awry. So that happens. I've seen it happen. I've experienced touches of that in my own life um, with people that had uh, positions over me that I hit the point where I just no longer trusted that they had. It's not that people can't have struggles, but like I was not seeing godly character that the Bible mandates for somebody who's in a position of authority. So in those positions, in those situations, is it or is it I mean, I probably case by case, but like, do you communicate that to that person like? hey, this is what I'm seeing in you, and for this reason, I'm removing myself, or do you just kind of remove yourself and let it be? Um, I think the Bible would tell us to go and talk to the person. So Matthew 18, it talks about, you know, if you see your brother in sin, you go and tell him in private. Um, and then if they don't listen, then you bring it in front of the whole church. Um, Have you had to do that in front of the whole church before? Um, not me personally. So the situation that hits kind of home, close to home for me um, I was younger and I didn't really know what to do with what I saw um, that I did not think some behaviors were okay. You know, they weren't illegal. They weren't so far out there. They're like, Oh, you gotta like call the cop. But it was like, this is not in line with godly pastoral character. And um, so what I did um, was leave. Uh, I wasn't confrontive. Um, but once again, you know, I was younger, I would say I was, I was a bit more insecure just with my age and how I felt at the time. Um, I think if it was a situation now and what my encouragement would be is to go have an honest conversation. And in, in that situation I was in, I saw other people in the church do it, go to that person and say, Hey, I don't think you should be in this role anymore. And this is why. And, and that person did not listen. And so lots of people had left this church because of that. And so I'm trying to talk vaguely. Yeah. Uh, so I saw other people do it and it was not received well. And so when it was kind of like my time, um, I, I wasn't confrontive. I, I kind of took the easy out, I would say. But I would say, the, the, you know, the Bible, the Bible kind of compels us because there's also, so I mean, if we're, if we're taking the, what the Bible says about how the body of Christ is supposed to work, there is supposed to be this protective nature of both the authority roles and the other roles within the body that ideally in an ideal situation um, I would go and confront somebody in the hopes that they would repent and get right with the Lord and it would be better for everybody. Now, is that always what happens? No, it's kind of rare. Um, 
So that's one situation when things really are like out of line, out of whack. Um, I would say a, a lot of what I see in the church, just kind of normative, is not really a biblical issue. Uh, a lot of people just leave or remove themselves or change their situation because of preference. Um, a lot of people like to act like it's a biblical issue, but usually it's not. <laughs> you know, and so it's just like, eh, I just don't love it or I, I don't think that guy's the best kind of thing versus like okay they're quarrelsome or a liar or you know it's a it's not a character issue but people you know try to i think that makes people feel better about when they're choosing churches based off preference is like oh i want to spiritualize it yeah yeah and so in those situations you know it is kind of interesting and every church is going to apply it differently but the bible really tells church members that you're supposed to obey your overseers we don't really operate on that level um, yeah. and different churches might have structures for, you know, Hey, you're, you're violating what the elders and pastors have said. And so, I mean, so church discipline is something that's talking about the Bible in a whole nother topic. Um, but it just kind of varies by church on how that actually gets applied. And so one of the ways I always think about it, so God has called me into a pastoral role, which means I am supposed to speak into people's life, give instruction, uh, give advice, give counsel, and at times be confrontive. One of the things I always kind of think and and have told people is like, look, I'll pastor somebody as much as they let me. And so there are definitely. You've had to say that to me a lot (laughs) when I come to you with things and I'm like, you need to go get this person. (laughs) Yeah. And so there are people that have been within my ministry who definitely kind of just keep me at arm's length, you know, either just emotionally, like they only tell me so much about their lives or, you know, they attend and then they leave. And for that person, you know, I'm not going to be like, you need to submit to my authority. Because, like, I don't have this relationship with them. Uh, but there's been other seasons with other people where I had a close relationship. And they began to wander into things that were very foolish. And, you know, those conversations get tougher. Like, hey, you do not need to do this. Like, this is this is dumb. This will lead to ungodliness. God does not want you to do this. And I might come on a bit stronger in that. Because I do think God's given me a positional authority that I'm supposed to leverage to help people. Um, and so, and I think that's how authority is supposed to work. So you get all those examples of authority in the Bible. You get, you get shepherd, you get elders and pastors, you get, you know, the marriage dynamic, how that's supposed to work. That talks about authority and headship because it, and then it's ultimately, we're all supposed to submit to Christ. So submission to authority is not a bad thing, but it can get misused and it can be very damaging when it's out of line with how God intended it. Hmm. And this is just me thinking out loud but i wonder if churches like press less into the authority aspect just because of where everything is politically like at least and maybe it's just that i've had good experience at churches but the pastors that i've been under have not been the type to parade around like i am the spiritual authority you in your submit life, to me or just like feeling the need to even use the word authority like mm-hmm. other than reading the scriptures but it's not something that they feel the need to throw around and I just wonder if even people that attend our church if they even understand the authority tiers that they're under or like you know we have an elder board but could people in the church even point to who those individuals are just things like that like it's yeah and one of the things I think we fall into that's honestly it's difficult it's kind of like a question like how because like so you read the new testament and you see this the spiritual this uh like disciplining church discipline at cases and then even also the authority structure and how that is supposed to work and so you think about like okay well maybe we need to be a bit more authoritative that's like kind of how it reads in the new testament you know they are calling people out more they are like 
sometimes even ostracizing like hey this person um you know it talks about that like hey we gave them over to satan for the destruction of their flesh because they weren't submitting to the church um one of the realities we just live in is there's a couple hundred churches in arlington and so some of the struggle is too like hey i want to help shepherd this person towards jesus and so i have to evaluate what i say and how strong i come on because a very <laughs> real possibility is instead of listening to god-given authority in their life they're just going to say no thanks and go to that other go church find down the road. One. Yeah. And that didn't used to be the case. Like then it used to be like, oh yeah, I could just bounce around every church in Arlington um, every time I hit a bit of disruption or get on the other side of the leadership. Yes. And I, I've known plenty of people who do that. You know. Yeah, um, I feel the, like that happens a lot. Yeah, like I, yeah, I can think of several instances. Like, okay, you're at a new church every year because yeah, anytime the leadership tries to give you instruction in the Lord, you just say you just bounce and go somewhere else. I just feel um, like it's so hard because maybe to that to those people they're like, oh, is this instruction from the Lord through the el- the elders and pastors in my life, or is this people telling me what to do? And I don't mm-hmm. like it's so hard maybe for them. I'm I'm the I just am too empathetic, but I'm like, what if they think they're being taken advantage of or being told too harshly? And- yeah, I can think about a specific instance w- with a younger person who I would say get, was getting into some pretty serious areas of sin. And it kind of came to light and we cared about this person greatly. Like we had close relationships with this person. And so we pulled them aside and like, look, this, this is not okay. What you're doing. Um, Like we want to walk with you in accountability. And they'd even initially, they said like, Hey, keep me accountable. I'm like, okay, we will. Um, And then all these things came out and we're like, well, you know, we want some markers in your life that you're not heading in this direction anymore. And so we were trying to kind of pull them farther into the church for their good um, because what they were doing was very unwise. Um, and so for like two weeks, they were kind of going along with it. Like, Hey, we're going to check in with you. We're going to see like, Hey, did you go do these things again? Um, we kind of removed, they had some positions where they got to serve in the church and we had to remove them from it because of the nature of what they were doing. So we kind of took away some things, hopefully to incentivize them. Like, Hey, we want you back in these spaces, but right now with you doing these things, Mm -hmm. we can't let you. And so for like two weeks, they kind of seemed a little remorseful. Um, and you know, we're kind of going along, Hey, here's our process for restoration. Here's what we'd like to see to keep you out of this stuff. And then after two weeks, they just disappeared. Bad mouth to a lot of people, uh, were telling us that we were just trying to control their life. And also <laughs> I remember it kind of third hand came back to us. Like one of their siblings was like, they're just trying to control you. Come to my church over there. They won't tell you what to do. <laughs> And so it's kind of, so yeah, both of those things happen. So, you know, and like this to me was a very serious thing and, and more, more came out after they left, including some legal issues, some, some things that they were doing that were illegal that, man, we were just, we were just trying to save them from themselves. Like we weren't trying to control their life. We just saw what they were doing and in the end road, the destructive nature that was going to have in their life. And so I have, you know, I have a biblical responsibility to, to n- not just let those things go. Um, but it is unfortunate how often like i mean i have to say something i have to step in like i don't relish those moments but like i have a call in my life you know the bible talks about that in the same the same passage in hebrews 13 it talks about like submitting to your leaders and elders and it says who keep watch over your souls as one who will have to give an account so like i know i'm going to answer to god for how i help direct people in my pastoral role 
And so there were sometimes, yeah, it'd be easier, like, okay, y'all just go do whatever you want. We'll all show up on Sundays and I'll preach and a little lesson. That, yeah. yeah but like, yeah, wrong. so those those moments where I have felt compelled by the Holy Spirit, like I have to confront someone. Most of the time it goes bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's it goes I think it just goes beyond um, maybe even authority issues, and it's just like sin issues. Like we hate being confronted with our mm-hmm. sin, and you know, a, I think pastor is is a unique role, different from the president, because you won't have a personal relationship with that person. The manager, you're get you're getting paid to be there. That is someone that is in charge of you. Yeah. But just the work you're doing, once you go home, you don't have to see them. But a pastor is someone that knows you, knows your family, and in some relationships, knows your deepest, darkest insecurities and struggles. Yeah. And is supposed to walk alongside you in that, yeah. and being corrected by someone that knows so much about you. I mean, it's that added layer of maybe hurt, and that's why people pack up their families and move yeah. on. You know. Well, and once again, I've I've known a lot of instances of where it has been abused, um, and that's yes, and that is so difficult. Yeah, no, I know. I know pastors who have preyed upon vulnerable women, who you know because they did know the struggles and the fears and the insecurities. Um, yeah, no, I've known that story lots of times. Like I could, I could tell you names of people I've encountered. Because even so, my dad was a pastor, and I feel like a lot of times in him, his ministry, he would end up with somebody who came out of being spiritually abused. And so I heard a lot of those stories growing up. Like, yeah, it was this counseling situation, and this pastor took advantage of. And yeah, so that happens. And so when authority is put in the context biblically and with somebody who is actually submitting their life to God can be very life-giving because you have somebody who loves Jesus and loves you and is going to say tough things for your good. But then, yeah, you, there are lots of pastors who are not walking with the Lord and have positional authority and that can be very destructive and very dangerous. And so it, it is, um, it can be a very interesting dynamic of, okay, I'm in this situation. Do I need to submit to this authority or is this not okay? And so once again, our ultimate authority is Christ, but Christ has given us earthly authorities that we should take seriously about our role in submitting to. Um, Yeah, you you can't throw out either direction, I would say. Well, I just wanted to know if I should stop speeding. I mean, if my friend should stop speeding or not. Probably. Ugh. Well, I would say this, you know, so, I mean, if we're just being honest here, usually if I'm on the highway on the long car trip, my go-to, I go five over. Um, and if I get pulled over and get a ticket, I, w- I will not argue with it because I did. I went over. So, uh. yeah, I think just in, firstly, I think because I'm not much of a speeder and I don't speed in town like ever. Yeah, you really don't, which surprised me because I will say based on your personality, I would just assume that you drive fast. Those two <laughs> things are unrelated, but Jared is a well, very good, safe driver. I just feel like it's not worth, like you get one ticket, one you have to pay for the ticket, and then your insurance goes through the roof. Like, it's not worth it to me to like get go, there yeah. two minutes sooner. Yeah. So yeah, if it's like the like like we just drive drove back from Colorado and we're on these highways, like I mean we left at eleven thirty a.m. and I got home at five a.m. So like there was yeah some five to eight miles an hour over set the cruise control. Yeah. Get home a little faster. But in general, follow the law. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I will say when I got that Park Spring sticker on the back of my car, mm. that specifically <laughs> stopped me from speeding. And I think it worked for probably three months. But the problem is 
we got those stickers in October, and it's June. <laughs> so I'm I'm back to my ways. I don't I don't have the sticker uh, on my car. But you know, I'm about to start paying for my own car insurance, so I'm hoping that that will make me. Do you have tickets? Have you gotten tickets? I've never gotten a ticket. Okay. Which, if you ask any of my friends, that in itself Surprises is a miracle. Everybody. That is a miracle because I I know that my driving needs work. I. I've gotten one ticket, and it was when I was 17, and I've not gotten another one. Really? Yeah. I have gotten, like, five warnings, though. I'm on a pretty good streak of, like, even by, like, state troopers. Because I'm never going, like, honestly, like, I don't think I ever go, like, 10 miles an hour over. It's always between, like, five and eight, and that's it. So every once in a while, I think somebody's bored, and they still pull me over and be like, hey, we need you to slow down. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of thing. My rule, which is not a good rule, and this is not a good, bib- this is not biblical advice. This is how I drive, but it's like, if I'm not going the fastest, then I'm golden because that person will get pulled over. Yeah, it's not a bad rule. Yeah, That's not practical. a good way yeah. to live life. If I'm yeah. not sinning as much as that person. Well, now I don't like, I mean, if most highways in Texas get up to 75. So like, how fast do you need to go? You know, and I will say. When I'm on the highway, I don't usually go more than 78 because that is my car's max fuel efficiency. So once I start getting into 80, my gas, my miles per gallon actually starts going down. So 75, 78, that's the sweet spot. So just saying, if you have a Honda CRV, then maybe you should. If I could give another piece of practical advice. Other than stop speeding. (laughs) So I'd say within the church, you know, um, I would say most of what I've seen is people in general not respecting biblical authority mm. and leaving places easy yeah so that's what i see most of the time there is the role for and there are churches that get it out of whack there are pastors that should not be pastors that happens that's not what i see the most of is people that leave way too easy because yeah they don't they don't want authority in their life yes good or bad yes. they just don't want it at all um so if you're like if you're in good faith struggling of this is what i see and i'm not sure if i can submit to this one of the nice aspects of there's a million churches around, go seek advice. Don't just leave. Go seek advice. And I've actually, I've had that talk with people before um, that weren't part of my church and came like, hey, when is it okay to leave a church? I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? And there's been times when I'm like, I think you should stick this out. Don't come to my church. Like, go, like, this isn't a reason to leave. And there's been other times I'm like, well, were you honest with them? Did you go and talk? I'm like, you know, if you did these things, if you're not, sneaking out the back door i I think it's okay if if you feel kind of released to go somewhere else so you do have that ability go seek advice um there's christian counseling centers you know if you if you're wondering is my pastor spiritually abusive or am i just too sensitive like go seek an outsider's help like they're you know the church is large in our area specifically you can you can seek advice other places um yeah go get a, a a third party's opinion if you honestly like I'm wondering if this is not okay. Yeah, go go ask somebody else. Hmm. Yeah. That's just a bit of practical advice. Yeah. yeah. The leaving things early, that is, yeah, that goes beyond even just, like, leaving because someone steps on your toes. It's just like, I... Yeah. Well, you know, you, you get the, the biblical picture. Like, one of the, you know, the imagery we get is the family of God. So, all of us have family. Most of us have had fights and disagreements with our family. We don't leave our family, you know, and I think in, mm-hmm. and because of that, you know, in families, you know, there's a spectrum on how dysfunctional or functional families are. And some are very dysfunctional, but for the most part, it's like, okay, I'm like closest with my siblings. 
because I've known them the longest. We fought. I know all their annoying habits. You know, I've dealt with it. I still love them because they're my family and there's not an option. And that grows a relationship over time. And so like um, the same should and could be true of church. It's like, hey, we are close because we stuck it out and we did fight that time and we both made each other mad, but we worked through it anyways because we're supposed to. And then at the end of that road, we have a closer, deeper relationship that's more God honoring because we were just really willing to contend for relationships. Because I think that's what happens a lot in church. It's not a situation that does require you to leave. That's just the easier option. Yeah. Yeah. Just can. And that's what, that's what, and I feel like we, we might've talked about it, but me and Charlie always feel uh, our senior pastor is like, man, I would, I'd much rather somebody come in, be mad at me for what I did. Maybe even yell at me. Let's have an argument. Let's have a fight so that we can just work through it and, and still stick it out together in, in the same church in the body of Christ. And it's happened a couple of times, but it has not happened much. And not super long ago, I was talking to one of our members who did rightfully get upset for me because I did not handle the situation well. And I just went back and thanked him. I was like, look, thanks for just telling me you were mad and for not leaving and letting us like work that out together. Took some time, took a couple of heated conversations, and now we still have a strong relationship. And like always reflect on that one versus, hey, I know this person's mad at me. They're not telling me and they're just leaving. They're going to tell a couple other people that they're mad at me. And I'm just like, man, I would, I would much rather you come and like rip me a new one mm. and let's talk about it. And if I need to apologize, I'll apologize. And if I disagree with you, I'll disagree with you, <laughs> you know, cause both, both, both will happen. Yes. Like, no, I think this is a you thing, not a me thing. Um, or you're right. I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have acted this way. Uh, I'm sorry. Cause, mm. cause I've done that. I've, I've had to do that before. Cause anybody who, I mean, I've been here for almost 11 years i have not done that perfectly hmm. so yeah good advice from an authoritative person that's a yeah authoritative i don't know well i was gonna say authoritative but i feel like or that has negative connotations both kind of do i was just gonna say someone who holds a position of authority so that's what authoritative is okay a, an authoritator an author uh-huh okay Good talk. Okay. No speeding. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or feedback about the podcast, please email us at askingforafriend@psbible.com. For more information on our church, visit psbible.com.